Assassins. The people that make sure movies about historical figures don't have any sequels. They can kill their targets in numerous amount of ways, from stabbing, to drowning, to shooting. But for the more refined assassin who wishes to not leave a trace, there's the ever-popular choice of poison. But what happens if your target is unable to be killed through that means? Well, some very interesting things happen. Hi, I'm Nicholas Fowler, and welcome to Circle Hijinks. Today we're going to be talking about poison! More specifically, we're going to talk about some historical shenanigans involving poison. Now, you may be asking, Poison? Isn't that kind of a strange topic for a history podcast? Yes, yes it is. But once I tell you the story of Mithridates V, you'll see why I simply had to tell you about it. So, without further delay, let's get on with the show. Born in 135 BCE in the kingdom of Pontus, Mithridates V was born a prince to his father, Mithridates IV. All was good for our young princeling until his father was killed by poison in 120 BCE during a banquet. And I will now be referring to Mithridates V as just Mithridates because now that his father is dead, there is no need to differentiate the two. So, because Mithridates and his brother were too young to become king, their mother... Laodice became crown regent, which is basically like a temporary position of power until the true heir becomes of age. Now, you know how in most families the kids squabble about who is mother's favorite, and then mom comes and says she loves all her kids equally and the same, and they're all special, and yeah, that doesn't fly in royalty. This is a sibling battle royale for mom's love, and the winner gets to be the next king. You know, I gotta think... Lyodice must have some really nice Mother's Day gifts. Anyway, it soon became clear that she favored Mithridates' younger brother, Trestus, and, fearing that his mother might try to kill him in order to prevent him from using his status as the eldest son of Mithridates IV to gather an army and challenge the phone from Trestus, Mithridates fled into the wilderness with a plan to use his status as the eldest son of Mithridates IV to gather an army and challenge the throne of Trestus. Why does this have to do with poison? Shut up! I'm getting to that! You see, during the seven years Mithridates spent wandering the kingdom and growing his rebellion, the death of his father still weighed heavily on him, and the thought of being assassinated by poison frightened Mithridates, and he knew that he would become a target of such plots if he became king. So, he did the only logical thing to all the poison and drugs. No kidding, Mithridates spent those seven years wandering the Anatolian countryside, just consuming anything even mildly poisonous. A poisonous plant? Make a salad out of it. Some deadly mushrooms? He would eat them raw. Come across a venomous snake? I'm pretty sure at this point he would let the snake bite him, and then the snake would die. But there was a method to his madness. For, by consuming non-lethal doses of various poisons, toxins, and venoms, Mithridates became immune to pretty much anything remotely poisonous. And, uh, side note here, please, 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 for the love of everything you hold dear, do not try this at home. I repeat, do not try this at home. You will die. Do not, just because someone did something in the past doesn't mean you should too. Alright? If all your friends were invading Russia in the winter, would you do so too? That's what I thought. Moral of the story, do not eat poison. 
Anyway, so after drumming up an army and probably getting the ability to eat cyanide for breakfast, Mithridates returned to the capital, overthrew his mother and brother, and took back his birthright as king of Pontus. And by all rights, Mithridates was a great ruler. He was strong-willed, wise, and he had a knack for politics. Over his reign, he even fought the Romans in the Mithridatic Wars and expanded his kingdom borders. He was also married seven times. I assume that he was had to marry this many times because of his toxic personality. Eh? Toxic? Because he was immune to... Uh, what, whatever, he married his sister, so don't feel bad for him. On that note, the most interesting part of his rule was his immunity to poison. After he became king, he ordered his people to bring him as many poisons from faraway places as possible, and consumed pretty much all of it to the point that I'm pretty sure he became immortal. Now, we don't know how many attempts in his life were made, but given how most kings and emperors in the region at the time were usually assassinated, and more often than not by poison, we can probably say a lot of attempts were made on his life. But Mithridates didn't care. In fact, he often attended banquets and hosted them without a care in the world, drinking wine and probably confusing the heck out of an assassin who poured a bunch of poison in. Now, you may assume this is where the story ends, right? Prince reclaims throne from evil mom and brother and dodges countless assassination attempts because he is immune to poison and rules justly, happily ever after, whatever. But no. For Mithridates became an immortal god at this point and flew too close to the sun. And because of that, fate decided to deal out some delicious, cruel irony. In one of those as-for-mentioned wars with the Romans, he lost horrifically against General Pompey the Great in 66 BCE. He fled to Crimea, where he failed to raise another army. His soldiers, demoralized and realizing they had no hope of defeating Rome, mutinied and imprisoned Mithridates. Mithridates, seeing the writing on the wall, decided it was best to die a noble king rather than be paraded around Rome for the Roman army victory celebration. So, Mithridates, with little options and a heavy heart, poisoned himself to death. Except that did not work. None of it. He tried over and over and over again, but he was just too immune. He literally could not kill himself. And then, after like seven attempts, he just gave up, asked a friend to stab him to death instead. But he was immune to that too! No, no, I'm just kidding. He he died from the stabbing. You can't really make yourself immune to that. So, what did we learn from all this? Always watch your back for assassins? Don't trust your family? I don't know, but it was an entertaining story to say the least. Well, that's all the time I have today. If you like the show, you can follow me at at hysthijinks or email me at historicalhijinkspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for topics or if you just want to say hi you can contact me there. Remember, I'm Nicholas Fowler, and this has been one for the history books. Mm-hmm.